Welcome back to yet another edition of The Thought Police with me, Mike Graham, and him, Kevin O'Sullivan. Kevin, very good uh, afternoon to you. Hello, Mike. Welcome back. Uh, our last one went down pretty well, it seems. Good, um, good. There are a few people complaining that you dis you don't disagree with me enough, but I mean, I'm sure we can we can start disagreeing well, that, about lots they of think, stuff. I think they think that, uh, you know, before the show starts, you pull me aside and say, <laughs> you've got to agree with everything yeah. I say. It's just right. that that happens to be the case. I do yeah. usually agree They don't with actually realise that I prefer arguing with people yeah, yeah. Uh, who disagree with me, actually. But I mean, we're sure we'll get to that but the bad news for both of us unfortunately now is that the government may decree that we're basically too old to be left to go out on our own well uh, in your because, case uh, you're over 50 yeah right? so I am. I, i'm all right at you're going to be okay yeah <laughs> am, am I well fuck? it's going to be an outbreak isn't there of people going well i'm going to self-identify as 35 it's ridiculous you know uh uh i mean to we should frame this properly yeah this is a warning uh that was revealed in the sunday times uh, and it's a kind of nuclear plan that the government might have yeah. should the coronavirus crisis spin out of control. By the way, the only way the coronavirus crisis is spinning is down to nothing. Right. Uh, but there's this proposal that maybe the government might make everyone over the age of 50 stay at home, yeah. self-isolate There's no forever. way they can do that. What a load of bollocks. I mean, there's literally, no one, no way they can do it. Two, I've said this before. Uh, before any of this nonsense came out in the papers of the weekend, and I'm not sure I believe it, to be honest, anyway. But this idea that, um, you know, there's going to be a second lockdown, I don't think anyone would adhere to it. I've been speaking to people in Manchester today, right, and they're all saying nobody's really paying any attention to it. We're all doing what we want to do. And I said to them, what are the rules that, you, that say what you can and can't do? And they're like, well, nobody's told us. Nobody <laughs> has said what it is that they can and can't do. No, uh, and uh, you, you just know. I mean, suppose, uh, horror of horrors, this... Uh, um, over 50 thing comes into play, the next thing will be over 40s, yeah. over 20s. Right. It's just completely random now. And I think you're quite right, Mike, that the coming problem is going to be uh, mass disobedience yeah. of these rules and regulations that randomly hit us. So I predict that of the 600,000 Brits over there in mm. Spain, when they come back and are told to go into two weeks of quarantine, uh, a massive proportion of them are going to tell Matt Hancock where to stick yeah. his dick tap well, where the gonna, sun don't shine. It's going to be exactly like the thing that's going on currently in restaurants and bars. Now, you and I have been out a few times to different places. Yep. I've only been asked once um, to fill out a form, right? Uh, in every other case, they either couldn't be bothered uh, or they got the one other person to fill out a form and then they didn't count whoever else was there. Yeah. So, I mean, nobody knows who's going out, effectively. So yeah. if somebody was to get COVID-19 um, in a pub or in a restaurant, they don't know who else was there. Yeah. So how can they possibly track everybody and trace everybody? Yeah, that system's not going to work. It's the same on quite... the quarantine front. People yeah. are coming home from Spain and telling me that nobody's at the airport asking them to, to, to show them the form. Yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. know who anybody is. And I'll tell you what, they're, they're, not doing it. they're just going to go home and go back to work. Of course they are. So it's not going to happen. It's now becoming rather bizarre. We've got this cabinet full of warden hodges from mm. Dad's Army barking their little orders. Yeah. And fewer and fewer people taking and paying any attention. Mm. And I don't blame them. I, I mean, I don't want to sound irresponsible, but I have to say, if I'd gone off to Spain and in the middle of it, the government said, oh, by the way, when you come back, you're going to lock yourself in your house for yeah, two yeah. weeks. I think I might say bollocks. Yeah, right. I don't think so. Because you told me I could go on holiday yeah. and you said it was fine. And there's so many yeah. evidence that it's more dangerous yeah. in Spain yeah. than where it is where yes. I live. Also, I was just talking to a friend of mine, right, who's been uh, down in London visiting from Scotland. And I, I said, uh, I said, here's a question for you. I said, uh, under the current lockdown in Manchester stroke East Lancashire, if you're going up the M6 and you decide 
you need to stop off for a bar of chocolate or a pea in one of those service yeah. stations off the M6. Yeah. Are you allowed to do that or are you not? He didn't know. I don't think anybody knows, do they? Uh, no, you're probably allowed to do it as long as you're with your mum. But you can't, <laughs> but you can't go to your mum's house. But right. you can go next door to the pub with her. Yeah. These rules are really sticking in fast. I mean, it's it's getting ridiculous, and you wonder what's going on today in the papers. I think it's the Splash in the Guardian. Sir Paul Nurse, one of the nation's top scientists, mm. has called on the government, and I totally un understand and uh, uh, accept what he's saying, to stop this shroud of secrecy. If you feel it is right. Mr Johnson, to suddenly slap four and a half million people uh, into lockdown again in the north. Explain mm, why. Mm. Why? Why are you doing this? Right. I don't think he could. No. It's, it's just getting random and it's getting ridiculous. As I say, we have two problems in this country now. Uh, for a long time, as you know, I've been saying the main problem is not coronavirus, it's coronaphobia. Yeah, I see Trevor Kavanaugh picked up on that. Yeah, absolutely. It's today. fear of yeah. coronavirus, not the actual virus. Yeah. And the other coming problem is going to be people are not going to take these rules and regulations. Right. Anymore. Well, if you They're remember, say stick em. that night we went out for dinner back in July, because yeah. um, it's now already bizarrely, it's already halfway through the first yeah. week of August. We're out into um, the summer. <laughs> I know. Um, it was James Chiaverini from Il Portico, where yeah. we went for dinner, who had said to me about three weeks before July the 4th, he said, I don't care what the government says, I'm opening my restaurant on July the 4th. Yeah. And a lot of people said the same thing. Yeah. And so the government more or less had to go along with that because they couldn't have all these restaurants opening, sending around people to arrest yeah. the bloody owners yeah. to say you can't open your restaurant here. So it sort of happened. And I think the same thing will happen with workplaces. However, as we said last week, the problem is civil servants are still bucking the trend. Teachers, I got into it with some teacher Jesus, on Twitter. This guy was again? gloating. He's, I said, when was the last time you... Because he, he was having this argument with me where he said, oh, you couldn't last five minutes in a school. And I said, listen, mate, you I have did, no I idea. Did, I did all my childhood you have, there. Yeah, you have no idea what I actually have done and you have no idea that my mother was a teacher. By the way, when was the last time you actually stood in front of a school class? And he said March the 26th or something like that. Uh, yeah. um, and, uh, and I haven't been there since and I'm not going back in September either. Does that upset you? And I'm still on full pay. So I said, well, I'm afraid gloating about uh, getting free oh, money disgraceful. for doing no work is really not and a good look. And abandoning and uh, neglecting yeah, a generation yeah, of kids. It's not a good look. I guess what? He suddenly like protected that. his tweets and suddenly went into hiding. What an arsehole. What kind of a teacher thinks like that? Your job is to teach kids. Right. Do not glory in not teaching Well, it won't kids. surprise you to know that he was also a supporter of Jeremy Corbyn. Of course. You know, yeah. and a member of one of the more, Magic one of the more militant yeah. unions. How's it By going the with way, him? do you see that old Corbyn has complained about the fact that none of his nominations for the House of Lords have gone through? What you mean <laughs> while the rest of the nation puts bunting up? Yeah. Those three, yeah, Tom Jenny Watson. Formby, Tom Watson... And John Burke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we all wanted them to get peerages. Right. And by the way, Jeremy, what the fuck are you on about? You're a socialist. Yeah. Your parting shot is to nominate three people to be aristocrats. Mm. Very socialist. These people have lost all sense. I mean, by the way, while we're on the topic, the House of Lords is now a national joke. Uh, 36 more, 830 of them. Uh, uh, Ian Botham, great cricketer. I bow to no one in my admiration of him. He's now going to legislate on laws. I very what much the fuck doubt is it. that about? I very much doubt Ian Botham's going to spend a lot of time I know. in the House of well, Lords. Well, he might go to the bar. But no, he'll turn up at the odd restaurant with a go to go and call Actually, just call I'm, me Lord I'm being Botham. facetious about him. I'd much rather have him uh, sitting in judgment on our laws. He's a great man, Ian Botham. I mean, I've, I've played golf with him a couple of times and he oh, really absolutely. is amazing. Absolutely. But it's, it's getting crazy uh, and we have to take the patronage away from Boris Johnson and all the party yeah. leaders. 
you can't nominate Lords anymore. And Rod Little. Was well, on. at the very least, they should be letting a few out before well, they put any more well, in. Well, Rod Little was on my show the other day, and he came up with an even better suggestion. He said, "Absolutely agree. No patronage for the party leaders." Yeah. So the old crony system is thereby mm. ended at a stroke, and then move the House of Lords to York. Yes, uh, that's not a bad idea. The only problem, of course, with every other form of a second chamber is that you'd either have to elect them which would mean another bleeding election, which is the last thing we need, right? Yeah. And also, it costs a lot of money. Um, and also, the other one that people always suggest is, oh, why don't we get a sort of um, a, like a panel of experts, you yeah. know, people like Lord Winston, because he's a great doctor. Well, that's all very well, but I don't really care whether Lord Winston's a great doctor or not. If he's going to be making laws, I'd rather he knew more about the law yeah. or, or he knew more about the society in which we live. I'm not really that interested in the fact that he's a great paediatrician no. or that somebody else is going in because they're a big expert on model railways. I mean, you know, why? Yeah, and of course, you know, Boris and the gang uh, and Corbyn and the likes of these people, they do not want this reformed because thereby is their, that's where their power mm. lies. You stick with me. Vote yeah, yeah. For, vote well, for you me know, it's funny you I'll say that because I had this conversation with somebody who's very much for the abolition of the House of Lords, uh, who said exactly that, that every time they try to abolish it, it's the Commons that keeps it going. Of course it does. Because the Commons is the seat of power. Yeah. The last thing they want is to give power to a second chamber that would actually be powerful. Because the House of Lords isn't really very powerful. No, I mean, they took away its power of veto, if you like. But it's right. still, as we saw in the Brexit... I mean, Brexit, they can delay stuff. We saw in the Brexit de uh, debate, it can be incre incredibly problematical and it will keep throwing back laws and the Commons will adjust these laws to make the Lords happy. So they've still got power, but it has now become a grotesque joke. Yes, and it really it's has. Got to end. Well, I have to say, I had Kate Home on the show today. I'm a great admirer of hers. Oh, she's going um, up there, isn't she? And she's, oh, she's, she's, going, she's going in. Yeah. And of course, she's getting all sorts of dreadful abuse from the Corbynites, you know, because she apparently betrayed the Labour Party, even though she actually agreed with the bulk of Labour Party supporters yeah, yeah. who wanted to leave the yes, European that's Union. Right, yes. But somehow she's now betrayed the yeah, Labour Party. Yeah. But um, I'm, I've got a lot of time for her. But what I would do is I would take, I mean, they got away with all the hereditary peers apart from 96 of them. I'm like, well, why? <laughs> why did you keep 96 the way, back? What are those bishops doing there? The bishops you get rid of tomorrow, I mean, they, I mean, they are so irrelevant. It's so, so ridiculous. It's so irrelevant. It's like something out of a Shakespeare yeah. play. It's like, it? oh, why do you listen to this bloke? He's a bishop. Oh, I see. So well, because you believe in an imaginary man in the sky that runs everything, I'm supposed to take your opinion <laughs> as something like the gospel. Yeah. Pardon me for saying the gospel. But I mean, you know, unbelievable, absolute it's, rubbish. It's got to end. They've got to do something about that mm. uh, ludicrous place. 830 members and rising, the second biggest legislative body in the world yeah. after the Chinese well, do you know, Assembly. Do you know, they could maybe move it to York while they're putting the Palace of Westminster to rights, yeah. you know, rather than actually moving them across the road. Yeah. Let them all go to York. And what, one of the other suggestions, I don't know if, if, if this was one of the things um, that Rod Little said, but if they don't show up in York, then they're out of a job. Well, yeah, yeah. So if you don't go, you're no longer a lord. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's put this into context. What this there are some very hardworking lords. Yes, including the Lord Speaker Norman Fowler, mm. who's who's dismayed about what's going on up right. there. He says we, this has got to stop. Right. So he's a man with his eye on common sense. Uh, but and a bit of reform. Yeah, but uh, what has to happen? Or the good idea about moving it to York or Mansfield or wherever. Uh, would be it would stop the 300 quid a day brigade, yeah. the, the ones that just turn up, nod at the yeah. speaker's chair, pick up their 300 quid and go off for lunch. Yeah. There's loads of them doing oh, of that course. every day. Well, it's a welfare you? scheme yeah. for old MPs and luminaries yeah. that has to stop. I oh, know, you're absolutely right. No, the ones that you could probably say work hard 
certainly don't count in more than about 100, I would say. Mm, yeah. And yeah. I mean, you could easily limit it to, say, 50% of the number of seats in the House of Commons, couldn't uh, you? Uh, yes. 365, cut it in half. What's that about? That there are now nearly 200 more Lords yeah. than there are MPs. Well, I mean, the Senate in the United States of America, which represents something like, what, 350 million people, mm -hmm. has 100, two for each state. 100 yeah. people. Makes and that, sense. And that seems to be fair enough, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much more sensible. Yeah. Uh, we have to do something about that upper chamber. I think uh, Norman Fowler, the speaker there, uh, is going to make sure that does happen. But the best thing to do would just be say, hey, Prime Minister, hey, leader of the Labour Party, hey, Lib Dem leader, hey, uh, SNP leader, you can no longer nominate yes. Lords. Oh, by the way, um, there's been a big battle going on this weekend, which I don't know whether you noticed. Um, battle for the leadership of the Lib Dem party. Ah, um, Sir Ed. Sir Ed Mr. Davey. Ed. <laughs> right? How does he get a knighthood, by the way, yeah. Sir Ed Davey? Yeah, <laughs> and Layla Moran, right? <laughs> Layla a Moran, woman who describes herself as friend. pansexual. Yeah, right? She pansexual. describes herself having, Peter pansexual. having formerly... Um, I don't know if it, no, it wasn't a pan, was it? I think she hit the boyfriend. Well, she lamped with her, her boyfriend. She lamped him, yeah. And got, and got cautioned for it. And do you know it's why a bit she of a lamped him? With her, uh, uh, do you know why she lamped him? She lamped him apparently because there was an argument over a plug. I mean, it wasn't even anything important. It was something yeah. to do with a computer yeah. uh, laptop which had the wrong plug. So you, what, you, what the Lib Dems need to ask themselves about Layla Maybe Murray. they should have a fight. Yeah. Her and, her and uh, Ed Davey. I don't fancy his chances. <laughs> uh, she's got form. But what? <laughs> to be serious for be a great. second, Leila Moran, the problem she's got if they elected her leader is, you know, a lot of debate, serious debate, quite rightly now goes on about domestic violence. Yes. She's going to be undermined in any domestic mm. violence well, do you debate. Because know, you know she's a practitioner well, of she it. is. And do you know when uh, I, she was in the tent of shame one day... Um, and we were talking about the European Union because obviously she's in favour of it very much. Oh, um, <laughs> excessively and, uh, so. Yeah. And she was like, I consider myself to be European. I said, well, that's fine. You can consider yourself European. I said, but unfortunately, that's not actually a nationality. <laughs> you know, we are British. We have a British passport. Yeah. She said, well, I feel European. And I said, yeah, but do you have a European passport? Well, no. I said, well, you're uh, so then. you're then you're British, aren't you? And she went, well, I feel European in my heart. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And I said, well, how about this for the European family? Because she started going on about it. I said, why do you think the, uh, the police in uh, Barcelona are busy cracking the heads of the people who want independence for Catalonia? And she said, do you know what she said? She actually said to me, I wish you wouldn't use such language. I said, what, what do you mean? mean? You, uh, that's inflammatory. Well, yeah, well, cracking the heads of people. She didn't, the but irony, they were. The, but I said, well, that's what they're doing. She said, it's very, it's very <laughs> violent. Technicality. I said, it's very violent imagery, she said. I said, well, it is a violent thing. Have you seen the pictures? Right. But why is the EU not stopping it? But it completely passed her by that the reason I'd introduced violence into the conversation yeah. was because she's violent. Well, you know what those Catalans are showing? That's the spirit of independence, and right. the EU doesn't like spirits no, of independence. No, they don't, which is why they'll never give it to Scotland, by the way, because if they ever did, yeah. the Catalonians would be knocking on the door going, uh, hello, yeah. excuse me, you've just given Scotland independent status yeah. as part of the UK formally. You're yeah. going to have to give it to us now. Yeah, and then, of course, the Scots uh, won't want independence for themselves anyway when they do have their independence. Indy Ref 2, which I don't know Well, I think, you know, you, we talk about there being a kind of day of reckoning for Boris Johnson and how the, it's all been handled. There's going to be a massive day of reckoning for Nicola Sturgeon, I reckon. Oh, yeah. I think she'd lose. I think she kind of knows it. Oh, yeah. Put it this way. 
If they had Indy Ref 2 tomorrow, no one would be confident, no. So, uh, including Nicola Sturgeon. So for all her fine, brave heart words, yeah. she does not want Indy Ref 2 anytime soon on account of she's got a very good chance of losing it. Well, also... I By was... the way, the ha you know this, you used to live in Scotland, you know more about it than I do, but the hatred for Nicola Sturgeon oh, yeah. there, among oh, many, yeah. many Scots... I mean, lots of people only see the people that support her, so they assume that it's, that it's all great. Sturgeon well, it land. really isn't. Really at all. Um, but the thing about um, the SNP as well is that I think they lose on both counts because if they win and get independence, why do you need the SNP? Because the SNP have now got independence. So you now need a political party that does something other than just call for independence, yeah. right? Which is all they do. Absolutely. And if they lose, they're finished. Yeah. Uh, Ed, I mean, yeah, they backed a, ro a wrong horse yeah. very, very heavily and therefore now look ludicrous and redundant, which is exactly what they are. Ed Davey, Sir Ed Davey, Mr. Ed. <laughs> what did he get uh, knighted for? Uh, I think... Uh, I mean, he wasn't married to Theresa May. to Ramadan, I think, because oh, he always it, yeah. goes on a fast year in Ramadan, yeah. even though he's not faster, a Muslim. Faster. Silly sod. Anyway, <laughs> he, he, he said, right, this is the most ridiculous political thing that's happened in, in recent times, when he started um, jumping up and down saying, I called for a public inquiry oh, yeah. into the coronavirus crisis and the Prime Minister has accepted, Michael. Everybody knows there's going to be a public yeah. inquiry, Ed. It's got nothing to do with you. He also said, did he not, the reason why we have to have this coronavirus inquiry is because we'll have to then cancel leaving the European Union and have have another referendum on that yeah. as well. Yeah, well, mate, uh, that coronavirus inquiry won't happen until I mean, after December the 31st. They don't know when they're beating It's going to be a bit late. But can you imagine the kind of sense of schadenfreude you would have be, by winning the, the contest to become the next leader of the Liberal Democrats? <laughs> you'd get, like, stand up on a stage and you'd hear sort of a very small amount of clapping. <laughs> well, from the from, from, the, from the, your rival, from which is in fact... <laughs> the ten people in the party, plus the bloke that lost. Yeah, yeah. You have a small <laughs> amount of clapping from your rival, who's yeah. actually the only other person yeah. in the Lib Dems. I mean, yeah. who cares? Also, they're so kind of, you know, intensely um, vain about it all. You know, like anybody gives a shit. Like, they've been doing this now for about three months. Oh, we must have time to consider who should be in charge of the, the worst party in the yeah, history nobody cares. of politics. <laughs> nobody cares, yeah. honestly. I mean, yeah. I don't think I could even name... Um, three Liberal Democrat MPs. And I'm supposed to know who these people are. Uh, I mean, well, once you no, get past those two... They're very, very quiet, aren't they? They, they really are. They don't ever say anything. No. A bit like Keir Starmer. Very, Keir's been very quiet this week yeah. so far. I mean, I don't know when he's going to pop up and say that the lockdown in Manchester's a good idea, a bad idea... Um, you know, where are we going to go next with it? He doesn't seem to know whether he's in support of the government or not. Yeah, well, uh, every time he opens his mouth from now on, I'm going to say, are you going to throw... <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn out of the party yes. and properly draw a line under anti-Semitism or not. Because if you don't throw him out, you're not doing anything about anti-Semitism. Well, he's not, is he? I mean, no. that's the bottom line. Yeah, because he's just, it's just window dressing. That guy Barry Shearman was back God in the news, wasn't he? God almighty. What an idiot he is. He's, he's, he's the father of the house. Yeah. He's been a, an MP for like 50 right. years. And he's what talking about to, shekels and pieces of silver. What a thing to say. What a thing to say. Then immediately apologised. Why didn't you realise before mm. that that's anti-Semitic? Right. Why didn't the, why don't also, people know Also, even this? if it wasn't anti-Semitic, but you suspected that it might be, given the way things are, don't you think you would have said, actually, do you know what, that's probably not a great idea to tweet that. Maybe I'll just not tweet that. I, I'm not saying this about Shearman, but these left-wingers in the Labour Party, they think anti-Semitism is the racism that's acceptable. They really do. They don't seem to understand why anybody objects to it yeah, either. I know. It's a disgrace. And uh, Starmer, 
people like us, every, every time he says, I'm drawing a line under anti-Semitism, and not until you throw Jeremy Corbyn out of the party no, or not. No, exactly right. And it's going to be um, an interesting kind of summer, I guess, isn't it? Because they're not going to be back in the Houses of Parliament until, what, mid to the <laughs> end? They're having a well-deserved break September, now, they? They're having a well-deserved break. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm very worried. I mean, he, became, he was Plank of the Week last week, old Chris Whitty. Um, oh, no, I, I worry. I worry that he is a man who is basically never going to think that we should lift the lockdown. Have you seen what's happening in Australia? Yes. They've got a curfew in Melbourne. In uh, Victoria, right? They're, they're, yeah. They're shut, you see. After 8 o'clock, you're not allowed out. But this is, this is crazy. I mean, we, we can't keep banging on about it, but uh, as you mentioned on your show this morning, uh, as I mentioned on There's Twitter, people eight, people. eight people. Yeah. And by the way, probably not coronavirus no. deaths, because they're still being collated by Public Health England's completely discredited Useless. accounting yeah. system, whereby, you know, if I had coronavirus six months ago and then got knocked over by a bus, mm. I died of coronavirus. Yeah. No, you didn't. So the chances are that over this weekend, three or four people died yeah. from coronavirus. We are never going to get rid of coronavirus. You can still get Spanish flu. Right. You know this. Yeah. You know, this is just mad. Three people die uh, from a disease, and for that, four and a half million people are in lockdown. Right. People are facing economic ruin. Did you hear on talk radio over the weekend? I thought it was very moving. There was a poor lady who owns a, a, a beauty salon oh, who yeah. thought that she was going to be allowed to open this weekend. Oh, yeah. But they pulled the rug this from This was under the her thing thing. where they were going to allow... She's on the right. She's on our news, on talk radio news. I mean, why are you sobbing? Not... She's yeah. sobbing. Why can't you disgusting. open a, I mean, why can't you open a bowling alley? I mean, <laughs> yeah. what the hell is going to happen in a bowling alley? You can't open a casino. Why not? Yeah, well, I think at the very least, uh, to give us, to give this uh, uh, perennial moan mm. a bit of a new angle, if you're going to do all this, Boris, tell us why. Show us the statistics. Yeah. This is what I think is happening. Chris Whitty, the grim reaper, yeah. is whispering in his ear, ooh, the rates of the number of deaths has gone up from three to seven. Right. Uh, I think <laughs> I think we're going to lock the whole country yeah. down. Yeah, absolutely right. We've got to stop being scared of this. Nobody's this is getting nobody, silly. But here's the main the main thing is nobody's going into hospital, right? Oh, yeah. Now, if nobody's going into hospital, that means nobody's very sick. Oh, so, right. what's the problem? There was a sociologist I forget his name over the weekend who also said we, we've got this, uh, exactly right. He said this is a, a nasty thing mm. to catch. Uh, you won't like it. Uh, it's actually a relatively minor virus in terms of the damage it will do to you. Uh, your chances of dying from it are infinitesimally yeah. small, vanishingly right. small. Uh, what the hell are we running scared right. of? What is this And also, this, doing? this bollocks about obesity is also pissing me off as well because there is no evidence to suggest that anyone who is obese, even under the BMI rules, which mm. I think make you obese if you've got a BMI over 30, right? It's basically people with a BMI over 36, yeah. which is a lot more than obese. It's morbidly uh -huh. obese. And it's only those people who seem to have been adversely affected. Yeah. Now, Boris has obviously got B in his bonnet about it because, yeah, he was overweight and he nearly died. Yeah. But there's lots of people in that situation. Nobody's absolutely certain that it's because he was overweight. Nobody knows. Well, as, da as Dan Hodges said in the Mail on Sunday yesterday, and I couldn't have agreed more, uh, Boris Johnson, uh, both mentally and physically, appears to be having some sort of midlife crisis, yeah. and he's determined to take the nation along for the ride. Well, the next you thing... have your midlife crisis, mate. We don't care. We you don't should... want to know. You know, next thing will be a Porsche 911 sitting outside Downing Street. You know, we'll be getting in it with <laughs> Harley Davidson. We have a Harley yeah. Davidson. 
you know, Carrie's going to get on the back of it. I mean, I, mean, I, I honestly you do know, think... I, I, listen, I've defended Boris Johnson as, as much as I possibly can, and I have stood up for Boris Johnson as much as I possibly can. But I can tell you this, the mood of the nation has changed, mm -hmm. I would say, in the last month alone. Absolutely. And people have had enough. They're he's, fed lost up. he's lost the dressing he room. He has definitely lost the dressing room, and because I think he's listening to the wrong people. Mm -hmm. Michael Gove now, you never hear from. He's never anywhere. He's, I'll tell he's you been, why, he's, he's been, pissed off. He's pissed off. He's also been cut out of the loop. Because you remember he, he's, he's more libertarian. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want Do to know you remember he went him? on um, one of the Sunday shows just before, I think, the Wednesday announcement that mm. masks were going to be yeah, worn. Yeah. And he had said, that's not going to happen. So I reckon that's when he lost the fight. Right. And yeah. he was no longer part of the inner circle. Because mm. I think the inner circle now is obviously very firmly Boris, Chris Whitty and Dominic Cummings. That's it. Yeah, and uh, all and of everybody, them, uh, and probably Hancock, and the, Mr. Johnson has mislaid his marbles, and somebody needs. Well, to he get certainly him back lost his libertarian, you know, um, qualifications. He doesn't seem to have any libertarian qualifications at all now. That's why people voted for him. They didn't vote for a Tory government to be told what to e e eat and drink, to be told to le lose five pounds, to be told. Uh, to go bicycling, uh, to be to have calories put on every restaurant. That's not why you vote no. Tory. And I, God knows what is going on in his mind. Uh, I just think he's lost it. I, I really think he do. has too. But he's got to be careful because I mean, the only reason that Starmer isn't making any headway is because he's, he's even more useless actually than, than Boris because he doesn't even know what he believes in. I mean, at least if Boris has had this kind of um, road to Damascus conversion and is now turned into a kind of benevolent socialist mm. um old starmer doesn't know what he believes oh i'll tell you what i'm going to miss now but they're in recess so we don't get the wednesday pmqs no. uh, the, the chance to say what a genius mm. keir starmer yes. is at prime minister's yes. question times uh, oh marvelous forensic lawyer brilliant he's just he's mediocre he really is mediocre i mean if he was my lawyer i'd be thinking about replacing him oh god I wouldn't he's, hire he's him. clearly not a guy that's on the winning side I wouldn't hire him when he ran the cps it was a disaster mm. well it was absolutely right Right. But, I mean, let's talk about something other than politics, because I think the time has come now to talk about sport, right, which we don't talk I, I about often enough. I know what you mean. Enough. You mean uh, Fulham against uh, Brentford, right? Well, I wasn't thinking about Fulham against Brentford, but listen, I... That's <laughs> all I'm thinking about in a, right in a, now. <laughs> in a previous life, I went to Griffin Park, and uh, it was a very funny episode, actually, because I went with Mike Parry. Um, it was an Everton-Brentford game. I think it was a... Um, I think it was a cup match or something. I think Brentford might have even won it. I seem to remember, yeah. But I used to I got, go to Griffin Park. But I got time. dressed up as a Brentford fan <laughs> on the grounds that I was I would support anybody against Everton, basically. Yeah. And as we were walking in, I had a scarf on, a bobble hat, you know, Brentford. Yeah. And we ran, we ran into the chief exec of Everton, right, who was a mate of well, Paris. Um, uh, um, it wasn't Bill Kenwright. Oh, not Bill, not him, no, but no, the, sort of the guy that actually runs okay, things right, on right, his right, behalf, right. you know. And uh, El Parry said, oh... Um, we'll see you in the boardroom later, you know. And he looked me up and down and kind of went, uh, yeah, all right then. Because <laughs> it was when old What's-His-Face from the BBC was the chairman of Brentford. Um, you know, What's-His-Face. Uh, you meant Jimmy Hill. No, no. no. Jimmy Hill's a Fulham, wasn't No, he? the guy that ended up doing his own arts programme. But he had he was the director general of the BBC. Oh. You remember uh, him. He was the chairman he, of Brentford. Uh, hum, um, You're worse than I am. Humphrey. No, not uh, Humphrey. Um, I can't think of his name. I'll, I'll, have, to, I'll have to look I'll it up. I'll remember in a minute. I'll have to look it up. But um, I watched a bit of the... Uh, I started, tried to watch a bit of the FA Cup final, right? And I just can't. I can't do it. Without the crowds, I can't watch football. It's just, it just doesn't do it for it me. Lose, it does lose a lot. Um, 
Uh, and I, that's another thing we have to get. But it's going to be an important step when they start letting the crowds back into football matches. Well, weren't they th about to do it with some cricket match or something? Well, and then yeah, that they, got did, they did. As well. They did. They had socially distancing crowds at the Oval. Right. Uh, which kind of doesn't really cut the mustard, really. It's like a kind of bad turnout, a small crowd. Um, but, you know, these gatherings that we keep being told are going to cause the second wave. Now we understand there may be actually no such thing as a second wave. No. Uh, so the, uh, Bournemouth Beach was going to cause a second wave. The Black Lives Matter demonstrations were going to cause a second wave. Although, uh, of course, there, the are, some people, there are some people who are making out that what we're seeing now in the north is that. Greg Dyke is the name. Greg Dyke, yeah. I don't know, Greg. Um, but, where, you know, where, are they, where is this second wave? Is it just not happening? No. We've got eight people dying over a weekend. There's no second wave. So let us go back to the football matches. Let's get football going again. Uh, we've got to, I think, Boris has got to plunge us back into normal life, ASAP. And then people... But I know he's going to. Then I people, mean, I said this this morning, that I think we are literally at mm. a very important pl pl place now. Yeah. We are at the, f the fork in the road. And there are two ways to go. One is to go down that road with Chris Whitty, mm -hmm. or the other one is to go over here with the people who want to get everything back to normal. Yeah. And he's got to go with the people. If he doesn't go with the people, I think he's fucked. Well, he's, he's yeah. And I so mean, is the country. Yeah, you know, I don't know what his sex life is like, but he's certainly fucking the country. It's not as good as it used to be. Because, <laughs> I mean, this is a guy, we've talked about this before, this is a guy who used to like to be able to get on his bike at night Wander off to Petronella Wyatt's place or whoever it was he <laughs> to was all sorts of doing on the addresses. side. <laughs> yeah, um, but now he can't do any of that. He's also, you know, there's nothing worse, and I can say this with some um, experience. Uh, there's nothing worse than having a young girlfriend um, who you've just had a child with because you know they don't let you out. You have to be a new father. You basically have to do all the things that you used to not have to worry about doing because yeah. when you were married the mother of your children was quite happy to let you do whatever yeah. you wanted. And you could go, oh, I'm out with the boys tonight. She didn't care. Didn't really want to have sex with you anyway because you'd been together for too long. Now he's with this younger woman. That ain't happening. Well, a lot of people say that Carrie is the influence over Boris that has changed Boris yeah. and made him much more... Uh, well, she's uh, made him very... Socialist, to be honest Well, I mean, he's a lot... I mean, he, I suppose you might say he was quite sort of keen on cycling and green stuff when he was the mayor of London. But he seems to have gone off the scale now with it. Uh, yeah, no, uh, um, she is said to have toned him right down in terms of his libertarian instincts. Yeah. So she seems like a nice girl. I very much approve of her. I mean, also, I took, I took part in one of these I webinars. Like I took part in one of these webinars the other week with, um, there was one with the Adam Smith Institute and the Institute of Economic Affairs. Mm. And Ian Martin was on. And we were talking about assessing, it was around the time of Boris's sort of an, uh, year anniversary for being prime minister. And he went through all the stuff you know, having got the Prime Minister's job, mm -hmm. um, they then had the fight with, uh, you know, the European Union, with all of the people in his own party, with all the people that defected from the party, and then he managed to get a deal with Europe. Then um, he met his new girlfriend, then she got pregnant. Um, then there was an election which he won. Um, then he uh, got coronavirus and nearly died. Yeah. You know, and it just went on, and he said, "Yeah, it's been quite a boring year, really." I mean, for most people, that would kill you off that year yeah, yeah. in terms in terms of the stress. Yeah, well, you know? one thing you say for Boris is life hasn't gone quiet. Um, I mean, in addition to all of the stuff that's flying around him personally, and his wife got cancer, he yeah. got divorced, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I mean, literally, an unbelievable sort of stuff going on, and he's also got to run the country. You, but you, but you actually now you come to mention all those things. It's possibly too much for one person to handle, Maybe. and that's why he's flying off the rails. Yeah, he's not quite. Well, handling. I mean, imagine how we feel. I mean, I feel pretty 
shagged out, frankly, for want of a better word, because I haven't had a holiday. Now, I know that it's difficult to have a holiday, and I may not get a holiday until the other end of the summer. Yeah. But I'm probably not going to go anywhere between now and October. Can't be asked, I can't yeah. be. Well, it's I just can't be bothered. I mean, did you see the, all, the, yeah, all the queuing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a guy on today talking about the queue at Terminal 5. This is just to leave. Mm. Was going around the side oh, no, of the I building. I heard him, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, unbelievable. Yeah. So I don't want to go through that. That's it's not fun. It's Flying a, is not great fun asked, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is, is that, you know, if you're Boris, the only time off you've had is when you nearly died. Right? He hasn't had a holiday. He that's can't true. have a holiday. And so he must be burned out as hell, mustn't yeah. he? Yeah, it's a good point. Maybe I, that's part of the problem. I think that there's too much going on in his mm. life and maybe he's, not, he's just not quite handling the maelstrom he finds himself yeah. in the middle of. Um, can I just move on a second? There's one thing, another story I wanted to yeah. bring up because uh, it really pisses me off. Uh, big stories over the weekend. An unnamed former minister, Tory MP, has been accused of uh, sexual assault mm. and rape by a young female uh, parliamentary assistant. Yes. Uh, and, of course, all over the front pages today, Jess Phillips, of course, calling for the or, or condemning the out outrageous decision by the Conservatives not to suspend... Backed by the Daily Mirror, by yeah, the way. Not, yeah, not to suspend this MP. Mm. Now... Uh, you know, we're not condoning rape or uh, sexual assault. This man is not guilty of rape or sexual assault. He is merely accused of it. Yes. We can't start, we cannot carry on kicking people out of their jobs just because somebody says something They did something, them. yeah, exactly right. It's got right. to be proved. Well, the other point that I made uh, to Jess Phillips herself is that if you um, chuck this guy out of the party, you immediately identify him which then means you can probably identify whoever it was that's made the complaint, which is not what you want to do in the case of a rape or a sexual assault, because if it is true, then it, it actually prejudices the case and he'll be able to get a decent barrister to get him off. Yeah, but what, exactly, good point. And, but, you know, what are you throwing him out of the party for? Mm. Because somebody said something right. about him. right. And in the it's end, got to be proved. There, will be, there is a police investigation. I would be fairly confident that if the police investigation comes back and they make a charge against him, that then they'll chuck him out of the yeah, party, well, if, which if, is if, probably entirely correct. If he's correct. charged, then I think it's time to suspend him yeah. in lieu of the court case yeah. because he might be found uh, innocent. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, it would be acceptable for me if they withdrew the whip At that him. point. Because if, now, you're, if you're facing a court trial for rape, I think you can probably yeah. have the whip taken yeah. off you. But, the, but the, one of the great scourges uh, that has been rising up in this country, and of course America, uh, Western world generally, for the past probably five years, maybe a bit, lo maybe longer, has been accusation culture. Mm. That the accusation is all. This is what happens in totalitarian yeah. countries. This is what used to happen in East Germany. This is what still happens in Russia and China. You are denounced. Yes. You are accused of some awful yeah. crime, denounced and ruined. Yeah, you're a bully. And, yeah. Well, you, you bullied yeah, me. You're a bully. You're a sexual assaulter. You're this, you're that. Right. Nothing... And we, If this country is to remain a civilised Western democracy, we have to say nothing happens to that, per to that person until that crime is proved. Mm. Uh, that is just an accusation. And well, I mean, yet, there is that old adage, isn't there? Innocence or proven guilty. Yeah. Also, which also, she doesn't seem to uh, yeah. think bears yeah, any Jess, resemblance yeah, to reality. Exactly, exactly. Jess Phillips is supposed to be, you know, a, a liberal with a small L, a liberal yeah. Labour person. What she is saying is utterly illiberal. Mm. You know, so uh, also it's a charter for anybody. If I'm working for someone I don't like, the boss, my boss, mm. uh, you know, just go to the police, say you're trying to rape me. Yeah, yeah. And then well, that poor, I mean, this is the same Jess Phillips who claimed that she was going to be the voice for women uh, who were the, uh, the victims of domestic violence, and uh, then in the same breath said that she'd stabbed Jeremy Corbyn in the front.
<laughs> and you kind of go, well, I know you don't really mean that, mm. but if somebody else had said it, you would be all over them like a rash, calling for them to resign, yeah. saying that that's a disgraceful thing. Imagine if you'd said, I would stab Jess Phillips in the front, yeah. right, yeah. as a man. Yeah. Imagine what, what nightmare you would then face. You would be castigated, you'd be out of a job. I, I, it's nonsense. What, what you've got going on here, in my view, is, I mean, I think Jess Phillips has got a lot to commend her. Uh, you know, she's got a good presence. Uh, she does talk a lot of good sense. So she talks she, a lot of bollocks. She, she talks a lot of bollocks as well. Uh, but at least she hated Jeremy Corbyn. So That's you've got true. to like her for that. There is something to uh, it, yeah. But what's going on here? You've got a Labour, a dyed-in-the-wool Labourite from the Midlands having a go at the Tories yeah. without thinking it through. Yeah. This person should be suspended. This well, person... Interesting why? you say why? that. Michael Fabricant put out a tweet today in which he said that there was a vote in Parliament not that long ago um, and all of the people who are now calling for this person to be identified, the vote in Parliament was about not identifying any member of Parliament who was accused of a crime until and unless there were any charges brought, yeah. right? So that law was passed. She was among the people that decided that that was a good idea. Yeah. So she doesn't actually believe yeah. in naming anyone, yeah. Yeah. except she believes in naming this guy. Yeah. All she's doing is bolstering accusation culture, and we have to, uh, just like we've got to sort the House of Lords out, we've got to sort this country out about accusation culture so that we no longer ruin and uh, uh, alienate and throw out anybody just because somebody said yeah. something about it. Well, that person did something very nasty to me. Right, he's fired, he's ruined, Well, it brings us out. rather nicely back to the peerage list, doesn't it? Yeah. Because Tom Watson made that mistake. Mm -hmm. uh, he believed Carl Beach, who was the fantasist, who turned out to be a paedophile himself. This was the guy who claimed... How did you claimed, believe him, by the way? I mean, how would you? <laughs> Well, the other guy that believed him was James O'Brien over on uh, LBC, who had it, who had this guy in from Xaro News, one of the world's worst news organisations, to go in for sort of hours on end to take calls to talk about this evil, mm. you know, terrible ring of paedophiles, all of whom were Tory party high members. I bet James right? had his best furrow brow oh, expression I'm sure. on that Oh, one. I'm sure. Oh, this, oh, this is, is all terrible. This because everybody terrible. knows that this is effectively... The Tories actually are all horrible, nasty, dark yeah. people. You know we're not Brexiting, yeah. don't you? We won't be yeah. leaving Europe. These are the people that are making us leave the European yeah, Union. Yeah, actually we are, you know. James, and everything yeah, yeah. you said or did had absolutely no effect. Why don't you go and write another, another boring failure. book? Another yeah. failure. Write another boring How to book. be wrong in a world that's gone wrong <laughs> would be good. You know, yeah. you can start with that. How to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, you know, these people who are not proper journalists. This is why I always say, I mean, the one, you know, you can disagree with me or disagree with you. We have actually been at the coalface of journalism. We've actually covered stories in which you had to check the facts. Yeah. You know, I always go back to that thing about Dominic Cummings when the girl whose uh, name I forget, who's the Mirror's political editor now. Um, Pippa, Pippa Crera, Crera, I think Crera, it is, yeah. yeah. I think it was her. Um, and she puts out a tweet as oh. Pippa Crera saying that, um, you know, Northumberland police are now investigating uh, Dominic Cummings' trip to Barnard Castle to establish the facts. So uh, which I said, well, do you know, normally you establish the facts before you actually print the story. But obviously nobody does that anymore. You know, same with the new European. And I'm not going to bash Matt Kelly just because I want to. Um, <laughs> but I'm just going to give him a quick one here. Well, if because we see him physically, we'll bash yeah, him Yeah, we will, yeah. yeah. You, I don't know what's happened about his holiday, actually. But, but we do miss you, what Matt. What do you mean his holiday we'll get him to back. the day? Maybe, maybe one day we'll do, all three of us will yeah, do this, His right? danger zone yeah, tour yeah. of Europe. That's it. But, um, <laughs> Putting your family at the risk. The new European sort of did a, a hatchet job on Nigel Farage and me, effectively, because of the, uh, the stuff we did last week about the migrants, right? But they didn't, dis they didn't dispel any of the, the facts of the story. All they said was that it was drummed up by Nigel Farage 
arbitrage, you know, to try and create division in society. They quoted some Lib Dem councillor who actually admitted that these guys were being put up in the hotel, yeah. but with the agreement of the local council, and everybody was very happy about it. And so I actually said in a tweet, you know, actual newspaper um, tries to debunk proper journalism because they've forgotten how to do it. And that's the problem. Yeah. The journalists now have never actually gone out anywhere, asked any questions, or tried to find any news out. Mm. They, just, they just sort of parrot fashion write what they think is true yeah. without checking it out. I mean, I'm, uh, whisper it quietly, but I think Mr Farage is emerging as quite a good journalist. He's getting a few good scoops. Well, he really that is. Story, that story about the 48,000 people being put up in I mean, he has unearthed a massive it, it, anthill here. It needs to be uh, addressed, and mm. it's part of that thing that you and I were talking about on your show last week, that this, to me, is part and parcel of Boris... Johnson completely losing track of the Tory project. Mm. The Tories should not be supporting putting 48,000 no. uh, non-British citizens right. up in hotels. Right. They shouldn't be doing it. And by the way, nor should Pretty Patel. Pretty Patel, I, I, I kind of like the colour of her jib. She sounds yeah, good. She does. But, but she's very much beginning to sound like somebody who talks the talk yeah. but doesn't walk but doesn't the walk. doesn't walk the walk. I think that is the problem. But we shall leave it there because we'll find out over the course of the next week, precisely whether this government does have any backbone. Because I think by the end, of, by the time we speak next week about this on the Thought Police, hopefully the government will have made some kind of decision yeah. about which road they're going to go down. Yeah. And we'll either be far more open or we'll be far more yeah. shut. And maybe, hopefully they'll make a decision that will be to stop ruining this country. Yes, that would be nice. Uh, we are the Thought Police. We'll see you next week. Can you imagine the kind of sense of schadenfreude you would have be, by winning the, the contest to become the next leader of the Liberal Democrats? You'd get, like, stand up on a stage and you'd hear sort of a very small amount of clapping. <laughs> well, from, the, from, from, the, from, from, from the, your rival, from which the is ten, in fact... From the ten people in the party, plus the bloke that lost. Yeah, yeah. You a small <laughs> amount of clapping from your rival, who's yeah. actually the only other person yeah. in the Lib Dems. I mean, yeah. who cares? Also, they're so kind of, you know, intensely... Um, vain about it all you know like anybody gives a shit like they've been doing this now for about three months oh we must have time to consider who should be in charge of the, the worst party in the yeah, history of politics <laughs> nobody cares yeah honestly i mean yeah. i don't think i could even name um three liberal democrat mps and i'm supposed to know who these people are uh, once well, you no. get past those two they're very very quiet aren't they they yeah. really are I don't know what his sex life is like, but he's certainly fucking the country. It's not as good as it used to be. Because, <laughs> I mean, this is a guy, we've talked about this before, this is a guy who used to like to be able to get on his bike at night, wander off to Petronella Wyatt's place or whoever it was <laughs> he was all sorts of doing on the dresses. side. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now, he can't do any of that. He's also, you know, there's nothing worse, and I can say this with some um, experience, uh, there's nothing worse than having a young girlfriend um, who you've just had a child with because, you know, they don't let you out. You have to be a new father. You basically have to do all the things that you used to not have to worry about doing because yeah. when you were married, the mother of your children was quite happy to let you do whatever yeah. you wanted. And you could go, oh, I'm out with the boys tonight. She didn't care, didn't really want to have sex with you anyway because you'd been together for too long. Now he's with this younger woman. That ain't happening. So you, what, you, what the Lib Dems need to ask themselves about Leila Maybe Murray. they should have a fight, yeah. her and, her and uh, Ed Davies. Yeah. I don't fancy his chances. <laughs> uh, she's got form. 